All right, hey everyone. This is uh, this is Michael with Overland Bound. Uh, this is season two, episode three, and today I have a very special guest with us, um, Ronnie Dahl. Uh, Ronnie, how's it going? Yeah, good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so I've I've been watching your YouTube channel for a long time, and of course, you know I'm I'm always watching you know what you're doing over in Australia. I, for me, I kind of feel like you know. If it works in Australia, it's it's gonna work for work for us. Thanks for watching, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> been uh, been watching a bit of your stuff too. Right on. Good deal. Um, you know, I've I've had the opportunity to go over to Australia a number of times. Of course, uh, I've been visiting over on in on the Brisbane side, which is the uh, opposite side. You're you're in Perth, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Perth. It's five thousand k's from me. Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a stone's throw. <laughs> Pretty much, just around the corner. Um, yeah, it's just a, an incredible and vast country. And, you know, I mean, just historically, you know, what we call overlanding, you guys have been doing for a very, very long time. It's becoming very popular in the United States. But, you know, sort of out, out of necessity, I guess, because of the vastness of the country, you outfit your rigs, you know, so that they can sustain you for longer durations if you need to travel. Yes, yes. And it, I think you're right. There's that a necessity thing started and, and now people do it for leisure. It's a vast country. It's a, you know, and I suppose in the last 30 years, um, a lot of roads that are tarmac now, they weren't tarmac before. How did you, how did you um, start uh, overlanding or, or traveling in the outback for recreation? Or maybe um, tell us a little bit about you know, how you got started and what the motivation there was. Yeah, I guess uh, motivation is is nature. Um, I love the outdoors. Uh, I love anything to do with the outdoors, pretty much. And how it all started was, um, you know, just Australia being what it is. Uh, there's a lot of local places we could go for driving. These places are closed now because this is a while ago. But I used to head out with mates. We'd go driving in the dunes and and whatnot. And then uh, how the whole thing started was uh, when I started fitting out my own vehicles, uh, in particular my Hilux, because I didn't used to put that many things on my vehicles before then, um, that's when I really started researching things. And then I found there's a lack of information here and there. So you're reading books, you're, you're really digging deep, you're going to forums, all the stuff. So I thought, why not make a website about it? And I started from the website, then I started making videos just for family friends. And it's, a, it's in a public view on YouTube. And then everyone started watching. And then from there, it just it just took off. I never intended on it or pushed it to take off. It just took off and now I'm riding, riding the wave and giving people what they want to see in here. I've definitely noticed that more and more people are seeking that connection with the, the great outdoors, you know, as a, as a means of, you know, kind of balancing out perhaps this high tech or connected life that we're living now. It's really, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, uh, the whole adventure side and, and documenting it all is all keeping up with the, the social media and all this new technology we have as well. I mean, so many more people can share this stuff around and and what people see they want to do. And yeah, I, I think you're onto something there. Yeah. In terms of your, in terms of the YouTube channel and and what you are growing there, do you have any personal goals for for the channel and the audience? Um, um, where do you see it going? Um, yeah, my goals change all the time. I've got to keep moving the goalposts. Uh, look, uh, I used to just think, you know, um, let's just get to that 100,000 subscriber thing. And now I've done that. Um, yeah. The next one's a million. So yep. I think I'll pick another goal in between that because it's going to take a long time. 
but in all seriousness, my goals are probably um, to expand on everything I'm doing. And because now um, I'm doing this full time, like yourself, you're doing it full time now. And you're not allowed to invest all your time into it. And so I have new projects in mind and one new project I just uploaded this morning of when we're talking on here. I tuned in this morning and I saw your your, your latest episode where you're going to be talking about the two categories of mods. The the um, it was the general mods and then the mechanical mods. Yeah, it's um it's something I've been wanting to do for a long time and and not just about the general mods and the engine mods. Um, but that's the specific topics. Um, so this is just the beginning, and then from there we're going to talk about camping and maybe tents and uh, camping stuff. What you really need and. Uh, because look, I can make a lot of tutorial videos about a lot of things, and I still will about these subjects. But they're all my view. Um, although a lot of it is, in a way, cut black and white. But there's a lot that's a grey area, and that's where if I do a show with other select people that do a lot of frequent camping, because everyone does different things, and that's where I want to get all the different ideas and different opinions in, and then people who watch they can get the ideas, and and then hopefully save money and hassle in the end, which is the whole point of everything. I do run tag-along tours over here, and that's where people, they, they pay to join, and then we give them a guided tour, and there's like 10 vehicles. Mm-hmm. Now, even beginners or people that haven't camped much come on these trips, and, and I still learn things from them because they got these little uh, nifty little tips and ways they do things, and it's like, wow, why didn't I think of this? You know, It's, just, right. it's, it's surprising. There's so many things out there that you can learn, even if you've done it for 30 years. I reckon you're still going to find things that other people do that are great ideas. There's so much. Um, I think it would be interesting for people to hear what a, what a typical journey is um, for you. Uh, in it, if you're planning to go out, how do you plan? You know, what do you expect? And, and maybe a little of, about what the journey is when you're doing it for yourself. Um, so the whole planning side of things, because Australia is so massive, um, and there are a lot of areas, look, there are a lot of popular areas and those areas is always going to be a lot of people. So re- remote areas, the planning involved is, um, it, you know, you should, re- you need to find out if you need permits for a start because there's a lot of um, indigenous communities out there. Um, you need to speak to rangers, even though a lot of people don't bother with that one, but I recommend doing it, um, especially for me because I'm filming, you know, I've got to make sure I'm allowed to be there and stuff. Um, and then in terms of being self-sufficient, now there's a lot of stuff there and, you know, water, emergency food, um, emergency plan. That's something that a lot of people overlook uh, is the actual emergency plan, like know where the runways are because there's a lot of cattle stations. Um, so basically all homesteads, they all have a runway so the Royal Flying Doctors can land. Um, uh, maps, got to do proper research on maps. Uh, have a GPS system with you as well, but don't rely on it because you've got your maps. Um, this is so much, but I think communication is also another key component. Satellite phones. Do we have something called an EPIRB? You guys have EPIRBs there. We do. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a we have Spot here in the United States. We also have Delorean mm. Inreach, which is a, a, a company owned by uh, Garmin, but it's a satellite. Uh, it's a satellite device that enables two way communication. Okay. Yeah. So a satellite device that enables two way communication is a good thing. Uh, see, with the EPIRBs we have here, it's just a thing you buy and then you set it off. You can't communicate with them. It, it just triggers something, but you're guaranteed someone's going to come there. 
it's it's like a government sort of approved thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of having a spot, you can communicate the problem. Um, you can you can call the cavalry to come in and get you out, or you can send the uh, I need help, but it's not life or death, as you probably know that setting on the spot. Um, but apart apart from that, it's all about self sufficient, um, telling people where you're going, know where you're going, and spare parts and also spare liquids. You have all that with you, then you are you've pretty much done as much as you can um, to you know to make sure that you get back out alive. I mean that's that's what the whole thing's about. Um, you um, drive a, a Troopy? I drive a uh, 79 series dual cab Land Cruiser. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, just anytime you want to put it in a container and, and send it over. <laughs> yeah, we uh, spoke about that before. <laughs> I fear that your customs will crush the vehicle though. <laughs> <laughs> they probably would, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a, a turbo diesel, is that right? Yeah, it's a V8 uh, turbo diesel. Yeah. Um, uh, something... Something I know that um, a lot of people in the states want to get their hands on, but it unfortunately, is, you know, it's, yeah, we 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 can't. We have a hard time with the with the diesel um, mm. with the diesels because of the emissions regulations over here. Um, you know, it seems the rest of the world is using you, you know a much more efficient um, lower CC turbo diesel engine that is very low end torquey uh, and efficient, and you know honestly through with repairs and gas also less expensive you know, than a petrol engine. <laughs> There's a company, Cummins, that, that manufactures diesel engines that goes into a number of different um, uh, vehicles. And they've just started manufacturing a turnkey um, lower cubic inch um, or centimeter, cubic centimeter um, engine uh, that can retrofit in, in vehicles. So, so people are starting to look at that. You know, of course, we want the, the, the Hilux and, you know, the, the turbo diesels <laughs> and the, the patrols and... All the midsize. All the midsize that we can't get in the States. And um, quite a few folks uh, in Australia want the Fords and the F-Trucks and, the, and even the Rangers and various trucks that we have over in the United States. And I, it feels a little bit like it's, you know, wanting what, what we can't get. <laughs> Grass is green on the other side. Yeah. Look, yeah. Uh, we can get the F two fifty, F three fifty, and all that, but they are so expensive. Yeah, um, it's what you pay over there times three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got to convert to right hand drive as well. So, uh, talking about the camping off grid topic a little bit more, um, there's this notion that everything in Australia wants to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out for them drop bears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, drop bears. That you gotta watch out for those. So, drop bear repellent is certainly in your kit. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Is it something to be? You know, people ask me all the time. You know, when I go out by myself in the mountains, do you know? Do I carry a gun for bears and that that sort of thing? Um, you know. Do you carry a gun for bears, Evelyn? Um, you know, I grew up with with firearms uh always had shotguns rifles and and pistols and i do have i do carry a a pistol in the in the truck of course it does depend on where you travel for example if you cross the border into baja mexico you do not want to carry because that would be a very bad day if if they found that i'm actually not that frightened of wildlife i think it's understanding the wildlife will make it less scary as well Uh uh-huh um I suppose the most 
dangerous thing here would be saltwater crocodiles if you so what i would okay so for your listeners in the us um yeah. and listeners here at west of the world in australia i would in my opinion i would class a brown bear the same as a saltwater crocodile even though i don't know too much about brown bear apart from what i've seen on tv yeah um the reason why i'm sort of comparing them is if you get caught by one of those two you're pretty much dead right yep so yeah, that's, that's right. how i put them in the same category yep. um but let's say snakes uh they say that we have 19 of the top 20 most deadliest snakes in australia um, now, I guess the dangerous part about a snake is if you get bitten in suburbia, well, you know, you can get to the hospital pretty quick unless you're running around and you're spreading the, the venom through your body. Right. But it's when you get nailed out in the bush, there is a certain way you can actually treat yourself and you can actually survive it um, without any medical aid. Um, now, to get into that, I'll ha- we'll have to, you know, really go do a video on this. But, um, right. Yeah, it's, it's all about the snake bandage treatment. However, say, for example, your rattlesnakes in the US, yeah. uh, the, the fangs on those are so long, they'll actually penetrate into your blood vessels. Mm-hmm. Um, all the snakes in Australia, they have a four mil fang. So if you're wearing denim jeans, boots, you pretty much cannot be injected with venom, more or less. And of course, uh, if you get bitten on the limb, you'll survive. If you get bitten anywhere else in the face or or on the torso, you're, you're done for. It doesn't matter where you are. Um, the last one we had, a Jugok actually came through the middle of camp and uh, sort of raised his, you know, raised up and was ready to strike one of the um, you know, fellow campers. And he saw it just in time and turned turned away. The snake turned away, went away, but it came through again. It wanted to get to the other side, right? Grass is greener on the other <laughs> side, I guess. Um, at, at which point um, a big group of us sort of stood around and sort of, you know, herded it back to uh, a little hole in the ground, which is probably uh, a mouse hole. So poor little mouse in his little burrow. <laughs> spiders, a lot of people talk about spiders. As far as in the bush, you don't get too many redbacks unless you're around man-made structures, which is really strange. But you do get mouse spiders, uh, trapdoor spiders, uh, orb spiders. They're all the big ones, but mm-hmm. they, can't, they can't kill you. However, if you go on the east coast, then you get the funnel web spider and um, yeah, death can occur from funnel web, but it's the same treatment as a snake bite, pretty much. Um, the terrain, uh, when you're going off-grid, when you're going to more remote locations, um, do you have varied terrain? Uh, what is the terrain like? Uh, the terrain varies quite a bit, but can change quite drastically as well. Um, look, Western Australia is mostly sand. Um, you know, coastal sand, uh, desert sand. We do have clay hills, but not that much. Uh, a lot of outback sort of rocky areas, um, shaley rocks, the, the kind of, you know, stuff that'll cut your tyre open. Uh, a lot of reef rock, a lot of limestone. There's actually just a lot of limestone on mm-hmm. the coast. Uh, but in terms of, you know, there's not too many forest tracks. We, we do have a bit of forest, but um, it's more sort of vast, deserty, sandy sort of terrain. But you go east coast, there's, it's a lot different over there. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, went through Noosa Beach, and it and I was amazed actually. It 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 um, there were some rainforests over there, you know that, that yeah were, that were just gorgeous. Um, you know, it was, it was it was a beautiful beautiful area over there. 
Yeah. The, the entire top end is pretty much rainforest yeah. um, all the way across, um, even into the Kimberley as well, mm-hmm. Western Australia. With, with tracks, when people sort of, they want to plan a trip and then they head out and they're not sure of the difficulty of the track, well, most of the time there is a quite a mild track, an easy track to, to go down as long as you know what you're doing and things can go wrong, of course. Mm-hmm. But off those main tracks, that's where you find all the, the tougher trails. You know, if there's that water hole that not many people know about. But to get to it, you've got to go through some really, a really sticky situation. And depending on the time of year, it could be easy and it can be impossible. So, you know, and that's when you want to try and hit it in the middle. And then you generally get quite a, quite a bit of fun without um, damaging the track. Thunder, lightning, uh, water, storms, th- th- that I imagine can change the conditions uh, very quickly. Uh, the funny thing is I, um, those storms, that, that when they do happen, they, um, yeah, they really do invoke some damage. Um, my old Hilux, um, that got smashed with golf-sized hailstones, but that was in the Perth CBD, you know, yeah. central business district on the way home from uh-huh. work. <laughs> got completely dented all over. Yeah, that's a bad. So it does happen. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons we do this is is to help introduce folks to going outside, being safe while doing it, being prepared. Yeah, um, sure. M- maybe we could we could touch base on some um, some one hundred and one stuff. Yeah, some one on one stuff. You, you know, first mods. Uh, you know, if you're if you're going to outfit a vehicle, you know, maybe some of the considerations um, from your perspective. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, would you want to start with perhaps mods to a stock vehicle? Yeah, let's see. If I if I if I go and I I get a Hilux or I'm lucky enough to get a a, a series or or Land Cruiser, um, what are some of the first things I should consider? You know, modifying if I'm going to find myself in remote areas. <laughs> All right. Uh, the first thing that I would probably recommend for anyone to do for a stock vehicle is to put a bull bar on the front so as in like bar work protection but i'm not talking about side rails side steps you know not even bash plates yet i'm just talking about bull bar because you hit something here and it's highly likely i've, I've hit countless kangaroos um yeah. something can end your trip so just as simple as a kangaroo you lost your radiator you lost your headlights you know trips over you have to get your vehicle sorted i fully appreciated the danger of the ruse because they really do not watch where they're going they pick a direction and they run yeah they're almost like a moth they run towards the light (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's a bad day okay so bull bar um for you know in front impact for front, frontal impact, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, I mean, it helps you on, on the tracks and trails as well. You know, if you nudge mm-hmm. something, you know, um, a lot of people refer to them as nudge bars as well. But <laughs> yeah. um, and then I'd say good tyres because stock vehicles come with, let's be honest, some rubbish kind of tyres. Yeah. And, look, the tyres themselves on a the highway, fine, but once you start lowering the tyre pressure, that's when, you know, weaker sidewalls, it doesn't take much to split them. And you don't even have to hit something to split a sidewall on, on cheaper, weak tyres. Getting somewhere to actually recover your vehicle. So a stock vehicle has factory tie down points. Look, the, the back toe assembly, make sure you have a toe assembly. You can pull yourself back at least. Not off the toe bar though, but off a, a D-ring with a block that sits in it. Yeah. Um, or bow shackle, we call them here. 
the front of the vehicle uh, some rated recovery points. So if you can't get any for your specific vehicle, because a lot of them are not available, is to get someone to fabricate something really strong and use some really strong bolts to hold it. And then you have means of recovering your vehicle followed by recovery equipment and um, air compressor. You are ready to go. Tell me about uh, lift in Australia. What are the what are the regulations and guidelines around oh, lift? Oh yeah, so we are very restricted over here. Um, it's I guess you could compare our lift um, restrictions to our gun restrictions <laughs> compared to the US. <laughs> okay. Now, with a lift, so theoretically, uh, you are allowed to lift your vehicle. Uh, it changes the states as well. So. Uh, in, in Western Australia, uh, it's 50 millimetres of lift. Um, and then it's a bit of a grey area. So you can either lift your your tyres by 50 mil, as long as they don't exceed the percentage of the tyre you're allowed to increase on it, um, or you can lift the suspension 50 mil. So if you do bigger tyres and lift, technically you are not, you know, road deemed road legal. Any other, uh, I, I've got a question all queued up, but I, I, first I want to stay on this topic. Are there any other, you know, um, beginner 101s that you think people, you know, might might consider? Actually, what, what I would like to say is um, for people before, like, because you spend a lot of money on, on your cars, right? Yeah. And let's face it, bar work and stuff, it's kind of got to be the proper made stuff, you know, not, not like um, a backyard made stuff because you've got airbags, you've got to be compliant and all that, unless you have an older vehicle. But what I'm leading into here is, say, the rear of your vehicle with the draw system and stuff like that. I'd say give DIY a go. You know, uh-huh. try and build something out of wood. Uh-huh. Um, and then even if you want to buy some drawers later, I'd say try DIY first because you may decide, hey, if I do get those drawers, I don't want them in this configuration. I want them in this configuration because the way I've built this doesn't work for me or the way I've built this does work for me, but now I want to... A better quality one or you can just improve on it yourself yeah I, that's great i mean that's great advice i uh if before you go spending a lot of money see if you like it see if it works for you <laughs> definitely definitely i've i've flushed a lot of money down the drain to try on different things <laughs> <laughs> yep. um i it's interesting i was i was actually talking to somebody who is with um toyota research and development and and they've built out an overland rig um, you know, over the, over the years, over many a years. And he was saying something exactly like you just said, which is, you know, give it a go yourself, mock it up, see, see, see if you like it. And then you can always decide, yes, this really works for me and, and, and spend money if, if, if that seems right. Yeah. 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 Because the worst thing is you spend all this money on something and it's not quite what you wanted, you know? (laughs) We don't want money to be an obstacle to enjoying, you know, or going out and, and, you know, I think oh, I did definitely. Yeah. yeah, you still need still need money for gas you and diesel, and <laughs> fuel. <laughs> right, that's right. Uh, and your food supplies and all that. Um, yeah. That's another thing you know to 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 also think about is mm-hmm. you're preparing for a trip. You want to get this stuff done to your car before you want to go because there's always something you want to get done. Yeah. Um, also remember, you know your maps, your fuel, your food, yeah. your emergency cash. You know keep that cash under your seat and probably not so much for the u.s unless you're maybe in alaska or yeah. or something like that no it's still but, it's still a key consideration you know you yeah? go to more okay. rural areas and everybody understands a paper dollar bill 
Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. 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 There's no there's no trace in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess the other thing with uh, beginners vehicle modifications as well is I guess go to a forum, ask the question. Yeah. Um maybe even go to a specific vehicle forum. Uh, or you know even a Facebook page and, and, and ask there, but um, forums are better than Facebook because Facebook is you you put a comment there a question it's it's right down the bottom. Yeah, no, uh, for I mean you know we we have forums are a great resource and for that reason you know you, there's more of a catalog of you know topic threads where you can get answers to specific questions and recall them. Um, yeah, and, for sure. You know, the thing, you know, I'll take a moment here to say that the other thing that we really promote and and from watching your channel and your YouTube channel, I, I, I think you're of the same mind, which is, you know, we share information. You know, they're, they're, everybody started at the beginning at, at one point. And so if somebody asks a question, you know, the, the, the goal of the community should be to help that person, to, to prepare them you know, so they can be safe and so they can, you know, do what we're doing and, and, and to be supportive of, of folks who are just starting out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, I mean, I think community mm -hmm. is probably the, probably the, the best way of getting information. You know, before we wrap up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, are there any, uh, are there any, major do nots like any any um anything you see from pe people just starting starting out you would say hey yes there are a lot of do nots <laughs> i've got my and i've got my own personal list but <laughs> yeah well i'll start off well, i'll go for a top five but right. hey i may end up with 10 but let's just see how we go <laughs> all, right, all right so the first one i see which which can be quite common is uh don't drink and drive oh yeah that that's the number one thing. You know, people think they're off road; they they can just hit hit the beers. You know, I mean, yeah. I think uh, most people are guilty of having one. You know, while you know pulling into camp or something. I'm I'm not having a go at those people. And I'm not saying you should. I'm not saying you should. But what I'm having a go at is is people just drinking way too much, heavily drinking because they're off road. They think they're safe. Um, I guess the second one is uh, when recovering. Do not recover off a tow ball. Uh, do not recover off anything unless it's rated or you think about what you're doing. Don't And do not rush into a, re a recovery either. Um, just stop, think about it, talk it through, especially if it's the first time you're recovering in this situation, and then go and do it because that's where most of the things go, go wrong. Good, you know, good you may decide, someone may decide to put a strap around an axle and then try and rip that out and then all of a sudden you've got to, Car missing an axle, you know. <laughs> yes. um, another do not. Uh, well, uh, it's more like a, a must do, but um, do not drive on sand tracks or any tracks with full tire pressure because you're actually damaging the track. Uh, do not head out to remote country with unprepared and not telling anyone. There's, I mean, there's there's so many. Have somebody um, have somebody that knows your basic plan. So yes. So if you don't check in, or if some kind of contact doesn't happen, they know something's up and they know what your plan is. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And someone must know your plan as well. And I guess, I guess the biggest do do not is this is the biggest problem we have here, is people head out without a recovery kit. So yeah. they head out, don't air down, get stuck on the beach, 
and they still don't want to air down because they don't have a compressor. And uh, if someone comes by to help them recover, they have to use their recovery gear. So that's the other thing. Right. Do not leave without recovery gear. Do not leave without a shovel. Do not leave without a bottle jack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Forget <laughs> high lift jacks. Forget, you know, all the other jacks. Just get a good bottle jack. That's probably one on one number one overlooked advice is the, the bottle, bottle jack. The, the bottle jack is my favorite jack. Um, I'm very satisfied if my high lift jack never gets taken off the rig. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, they're quite dangerous. So I know someone that smashed all her bottom teeth out from a high lift. Oh. Oh, on, no. You know, when you let yeah. it down, all the pressure comes on. Yeah. Exactly. For, for people, um, you, you know, you do have quite a list and, and your videos are such a resource. Why don't you take a, a, a couple of minutes and let people know, you know, where can they look you up? How can they follow you? How can they connect with you? Uh, tell us where you're at. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess the number one place to connect with me will be uh, YouTube. And all you have to yeah. type in is, is Ronnie Dahl into YouTube or even Google, I think, and, and my stuff should come up. So it's yeah. R-O-N-N-Y space D-A-H-L. And that would get to my channel. Um, full of tutorial videos, uh, a lot of adventure videos for entertainment and and um, yeah, some various stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, I guess the other way to get in contact is Instagram, uh, mm-hmm. my name again. Um, look, I'm not so active on Facebook, but Instagram and YouTube, they're the two main ones. Yeah. And then there's, of course, our website where you can get in contact with me, and that, that is fourwheelingwesternaustralia.com. But I guess, Michael, you'll put some links somewhere so people can find I them. I will. Yeah, in yes. the article, uh, you know, down below, you guys can can take a look, and there will be links uh, to, to Ronnie's various social channels and also his um, website if you want to look him up that way. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's well. awesome. Hey, so... You know, thank you very much for spending the time. I really, really appreciate it. You and I have, have played tag uh, over the months, and and it's a treat yep. uh, to finally to finally uh, get to talking to you. And we're gonna have to get you over here to the states to to go on some kind of a, a an overlanding trek through the states. Oh, that that would be that would be epic. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Always wanted to go to the states. You know. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's gonna happen. Yeah. we're gonna do it. Yeah. All right. I was awesome talking to you as well, and uh, finally finally get to talk to you because yeah. we have been emailing to and froing for i think i think over a year now i think yeah no absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah yeah fantastic okay thanks a lot no worries thanks michael